you're listening to The Positive Professional with me, Tracy Yvonne. Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to another episode. We are at episode 18 and as you know, this is May and May is Mental Health Awareness Month and I am so excited to interview this absolutely wonderful and dynamic person for today. We're going to be talking about her brand, The Lit Auntie, and what does it mean in reference to keeping yourself mentally healthy as a lit auntie? So Desiree Alexander graduated from St. John's University for her undergraduate degree and then attended Brooklyn Law School for her law degree. We talk about beauty and brains here. Desiree is also a full-time back-to-back trial attorney for New York City Law Department. In her spare time, she serves her community as a board member of the Association of Black Women Attorneys, a mock trial coach at Brooklyn Law School, and a member of the Go On Girl book club. Desiree Alexander is the owner and founder of The Lit Auntie, a content space dedicated to inspiring women to live a passionate, filled life instead of one obsessed with finding love. Her content includes merchandise, social media posts, Clubhouse app, conversations, blog posts, and virtual bonding events. So Desiree, thank you for coming on the Positive Professional Podcast. So tell us about the Lit Auntie. What made you start the Lit Auntie and what exactly does it mean to be a Lit Auntie? Yes. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited. I've been following you for like six months now, and um, I'm excited to be a part of it. So the lit auntie, we all know the lit auntie. In fact, in families, we all have many different types of aunties. There's the drunk auntie. There's the mean auntie, you know, the old school auntie. Right now we're talking about the lit auntie. Like when you walk into the cookout, she the cute one. The fly one, the one always traveling and always doing something exciting, always has amazing stories. Why? Because like you said, she's living a passion filled life and prioritizing that over a life obsessed with finding romantic love. And I put the emphasis on that because that's what society wants us to do. You have women out here like us, bosses, you know, starting businesses, following their dream careers, owning homes, running marathons, like doing really cool stuff, but they're still not happy. They feel unfulfilled because they don't have a life partner. And I just feel like that is tragic. In fact, I don't feel that way. I know it is tragic. And so we're here to change the narrative, change the way women view fulfillment and direct it more towards, again, passion filled living. And the personal story behind why I even started this is because I was that person. I bought a house, still have it. I'm a lawyer, as you read before. I ran a marathon. I was doing really cool stuff. But I was, you know, I bought into that lie that everybody told you, you know, oh, do this girl, you get a man. You know, do that girl, you do, you get a man. You didn't do this yet. That's why you're still single, girl. Something wrong with you. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I, I thought that if I just did all of these things, I just checked the boxes, then a man would just fall into my lap. Like a man is a consolation prize for getting my life together. And obviously that's not true. Because I'm out here and I still don't got a man still, which is great. It is what it is. Right. But it took me getting there and being disappointed to realize that it wasn't true, that there's no causation there. And really, like I was at a low. I was just like Googling stuff like, okay, I can't control whether or not I have a man because I got a lot of stuff going on for myself. But a man is not falling from the sky. So what do I do? And I'm like, I have a reel on my page like this. I'm just Googling like, okay. 
you know, single and happy and things to do when you're single to have fun and this. And everything was geared towards finding a soulmate, finding a partner. Like there was nothing for single people, hardly anything. You'd hear about solo tripping, but they'd still say, yeah, and sit by yourself at the bar so a man could approach you. Like it's just everything was geared towards finding love. And I just didn't see this space. So I created it. I just, I was the change that I wanted to see in the world. I, I feel like if, you know, if it's not there, you have to create it. And if there is a space like this, and I've been asking for months now, but if there is a space like this, I would love to know, hopefully maybe your listeners could point me in the right direction because I applaud spaces like this, but I just haven't found it. And that's the the energy and the push behind why I'm starting this. And hopefully it goes to it reaches all the women it needs to reach all the women who were in similar situations like I was in when I was yearning for a space like this. So when you're thinking of the conversations that you have, because I've been on, you know, I've been in some of your clubhouse rooms, amazing conversations with other women, very supportive from all walks of life. Yes. This is Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And when you're thinking about what are some of the things that impact our mental health, sometimes it's also expectations that society puts on us. So when you think of a lit auntie. What tips would you provide for someone who is a lit auntie to keep themselves mentally healthy? Yes. I love that question because mental health is a strong pillar within the lit auntie. Because if you think about it, again, we're going against the grain. We're going against what society wants. And that can be a very lonely place. It can be isolating. It can make you feel like a target, all of these things. And so that's something that we talk about inevitably in almost every clubhouse room. I'm always screaming about hiring a therapist, which is one of my tips, but I'll get to that in a moment. But my first tip and the biggest one that I would like people to take away is community, because I feel like that's something that is pretty accessible. It, you know, once you realize, you know, you're trying to live the lit on lifestyle and you, you can find like-minded women, especially if you come over to our page. So community, finding like-minded People And it doesn't have to just be interacting with the Lit Auntie page, but what are your other interests? Like you see, I'm in a book club. I'm on a board for the Association of Black Women Attorneys. It's things that I'm passionate about. And I try to join with others who are like-minded. And those people happen to be very supportive of the Lit Auntie lifestyle. You just, it's the energy, you're vibrating on a certain level and you gravitate towards like-minded people. And it can really keep you from feeling isolated. So first tip, community. Second is a little bit on the other side of the fence from community. I would say boundaries. Boundaries. Uh Okay, baby. Uh Yeah, let's let's do a deep dive into boundaries. I can deep dive into, I can, girl, I can't swim, but I can talk about some boundaries, okay? Because that's something that I'm working on every single day. There are some that I'm still trying to lay down, but it's just so difficult to set it down. So so let's talk about it. So when you're becoming the lit auntie and living that lifestyle, which again is just prioritizing passion-filled living, there are tons of people uh, around you who are not aligned with what you'd like to do. There are people who like misery loves company you know, hurt people, hurt people, all of these things, just to say that like, there are people who, when they see you getting closer to your purpose, when they see you embarking on new journeys and they don't feel equipped to be able to do it themselves, they will literally, like, they will pull you back. Even if they have to physically hold you back, they will just to make sure that you don't get there. Cause you switching up, you done changed girl. 
and you're not the old person that we used to hang out at with at happy hour. Like what's going on? You know what I mean? Right. And you have to start setting boundaries, even if it's to the point of possibly ending certain relationships, friendships, business relationships, coworkers, bosses, jobs, you name it. Anytime you're in relation to another person and they are keeping you back from your why, your reason for being, that's going to have to be an automatic cut. Sometimes you don't have to go as far as cutting people, but you have to you have to lay certain boundaries. So, for example, you you have friends who they're not the worst for you, but they're not exactly the best. They're not really supportive. They're not always there. And you're trying to do big things. You know, you can I'm all about the communication, having that open line of communication and setting a boundary of like, listen, I've been trying to do something. I can see that you're not really supportive of this thing. So I'm going to have to ask that X like. When we do certain things, I'm not going to be able to invite you to these things because I don't want it to be awkward for either of us or I don't want it to be damaging for either of us. Or maybe if you can come with this, then that, you know, it has to be a very specific situation, fact specific situation. And you diagnose it that way. But don't be afraid to set boundaries because you need to evolve. What do uh, butterflies do? You know, come out the cocoon or whatever. You need to be your best self, be all cute and stuff. And you can't be held back just because other people are not ready to see you grow. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Next one, carve out time for yourself. Not just like sitting in, you know, the bathtub or sending yourself flowers or treating yourself. Not just that. Those are great. And I don't think people need a lot of help with that. You know, they can wrap their mind around it at least. I'm talking about self-care, other forms where it's like the hard work, really looking at your life, goal setting, reading, even journaling and, and digging deep into why you do certain things like, you know, If you've reacted a certain way and someone gave you feedback, even if you don't really respect where it's coming from, you could at least deal with it at a a particular time. You could save it in a little packet. And in your carved out time, I carve out an hour for myself. As soon as I wake up every morning, you know, pray. And then it's about me because I need to get me right before I start giving to everybody, especially if you're reset. Oh, yes. Great. I drink my little lemon tea, you know, and start doing like journaling and reading. And I set little times for these things. So carve out time for yourself, especially at a time where you're not going to be distracted. I realized like, I was like, oh, I'm working from home. I could just do like, I could wake up at like 8.30, even though I have to be at work for nine, but it could work out. And then it would start bleeding into work time and everybody start, you know, contacting you. And what are you going to do? Now you're limiting your self-care time because everybody else needs you during a a valid point. You at work. So if they need you, you got to go. Right. So really take yourself seriously and carve out that time. So community boundaries, carve out time for yourself. Next one is hire a therapist. Okay, I'm all for this. My twin brother. He is a black man, obviously brother, um, and he's a mental health counselor and he is fantastic. And he really opened my eyes to the world of therapy. So I went out and got my own because child, you know, he wasn't about to do that free therapy for too long. And he wasn't really checking for me because apparently that's a little conflict of interest or something. But (laughs) he's still a great listening ear and he has great tools. So if he could do that on his off time, I knew I could do wonders in therapy. And so I went and I hired one and it was the best decision I have. I didn't even know that therapists, I thought it was just like crying on a couch and them telling you that you ain't worth nothing and you need to do a bunch of this stuff and it's painful and you leave and you go do it. 
But my therapist helps me with a whole lot of stuff. Like I bring in my budget with her and it's not like she's doing the financial aspect, but I guess she's like, when I'm doing my budgeting, she talks me through why I'm emotionally tied to certain purchases and what I can let go. And she really helps me move through everything. When I was renting rooms upstairs, she was giving me tips for that, but mostly from like a, how I can navigate it from the most clear headed space and not from such an emotional space. And like, it's crazy what type of baggage you carry. You don't even know, like you really don't even know. So you go and talk to a therapist and tell the truth. That's something, you know, I have a lot of friends that lie to their therapists because I do this too. They put their therapist on a pedestal. And so they don't want the therapist to know about the bad stuff. They just want to, they just want to be like, look, I'm making so much progress. Look at me. I'm doing good. Right. I'm doing really good. So don't do that. But hire a therapist. We spoke about community boundaries, carving out time for yourself, hiring a therapist. And the last thing I would say is almost in line with hiring a therapist, but it's broader. It's outsourcing your needs or outsourcing things. And to me, that's luxury. So for example, housekeeping, that's something that we talk about a lot. And it sounds so fancy because it's like, why do I need a housekeeper? Especially if you're from the Caribbean or wherever, and you know how to clean your house. You don't need nobody coming in there, cleaning that for you all up in your business. But if you out here dipping and doing and, you know, running businesses and you got a day job and all these things, you're busy. And if you can afford it, that's a luxury worth having. Anything that is taking away from your ability to be your best self, you should outsource it. So my time is better spent plotting on the next few steps for the lit auntie, um, building our community, advocating for others. It's better spent doing that than cleaning my house all day, every day. You know what I mean? And honestly, I don't outsource housekeeping because I live by myself. So there's the mess isn't that crazy. But if I had a man or if I had children, which the lit auntie can do those, that's another myth. But if I had people who were just tearing up my house all day, I would add, that's the first thing I'm looking at. Like that's going to be the first, especially if it's a two income household now, child, that's the first one I'm outsourcing. So those are my top five. Of course, there's more and you can break it down and stuff. Another one I wanted to throw in was a to-do list, but I didn't think it was, it's not the top five, but I live and die by those. Everything goes in a to-do list. If it's not on a to-do list, it's not getting done because it wasn't, obviously it wasn't a priority. I can shape shift. If it didn't get done, I'll roll it over to tomorrow. Or if it's too late, then I guess it just didn't get done. But it just really declutters my mind, makes me feel like centered and it helps me stay productive. So there you go. I think I think those are my top five. Those are some great ones. And, you know, when you're thinking of a to do list, right, that that will help you right, to organize in that way. So you won't feel overwhelmed. Just making sure that you have things organized and you know what you're able to do. So that amazing. And it's good because when I think, you know, when you're thinking about mental health, a lot of times, especially in our community, right, you're African-American female, I'm an African-American female, both educated, you're a lawyer, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. A lot of times we feel we have to take it on. Yes. And that misconception of being a strong Black woman, putting on that cape, sometimes that cape starts to choke you. Mm. You'll turn blue. Because you're thinking that you have to take on everything with your how you identify yourself in life, with your profession and with your business and with everything. And it's important that we keep ourselves mentally healthy and that we can still be professionals and do things, but just take a step back. So I think also having proper sleep mm. is important, right? And learning to say no. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yeah. That, that was one of my episodes for season one. But it's something that needs to be said often because it no is is it? No. And you don't have to always take on things. Yeah. But when we have so many interests and passions that we want to do, we sometimes we get overwhelmed. But even when you're living your best life as a lit auntie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? that's right. Right. Doesn't mean that you still can't take a step back and take care of yourself because you have to make sure that you're pouring into yourself before you're pouring into others. Oh, yeah. Put your oxygen mask on first before you help others with their oxygen mask. Yes. You yes. Out that nobody gets help. That is correct. That is correct. So, Desiree, where can we find information about the Lit Auntie? What are your social media? If people wanted to look you up on social media, what's your website? Yes. So our website is thelitauntie.com. It's under a little construction right now. So on our Instagram page at the Lit Auntie. We have a link in our bio that still gives you access to all the things you need to see, the blog posts, the any of our upcoming events, our clubhouse rooms, anything that we do, you'll see it there. And Instagram is kind of our hub right now until we get the website up to where it needs to be. And that's how you can access our store to get our merchandise. And on the Instagram, it also has the highlights and it says what's next. And it'll tell you all of the things in chronological order that are coming up all the time. It's giving, It's updated like almost every day. So... At the on everything, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, but you know, YouTube's not really, we're, we're, we're coming. We got like a video up, but really the social media, Instagram is king right now. And then, uh, or queen and, um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, we update those every day. And our, the link to our group chat, that's also at the link in our bio. So if you go to Instagram at the Lenanti, you will have access to everything. Great. And I'll make sure that I will have it in the description for this podcast as well. And I always ask this last question before I end my interviews. Desiree, what makes you a positive professional? Ooh, I really like that. I try, I try, I try. really good. Okay. Okay. What makes me a positive professional? I think because I beam positivity in everything that I do, which happens to be in a lot of professional settings. I'm a lawyer. I try cases. I'm in the courtroom. Um, it's very adversarial. Um, I sit on boards. I, I'm part of different. I, I work for a law school. So I tend to be in a lot of professional settings, but I don't stoop to lows, no matter how negative it can be. I think that I focus on positivity and that's really my own superpower to disarm others. And so I think that the others who need to be disarmed, of course, if you're positive, then be fine. But, you know, if you come in here with a little bit of armor on, then, you know, my positivity really gets people to open up. And so I think that's what makes me the positive professional. Thank you for answering. And Des- I definitely want to have you come back on the podcast because um, there's a number of topics that we can definitely talk about that align with being your authentic self. And when, and when you're being your authentic self, that means that you're not taking on a lot of stressors, which means that you're keeping yourself mentally and emotionally healthy. So you definitely have an open invitation to come back. I'm looking forward to collaborating with you. And you are going to be having your own podcast. I'm just putting it out there. So yes. now that everybody can hear it, I'm telling you, right? Now yes. everybody hears it. The Lit Auntie will be having a podcast coming out soon. I'm going to be helping you with that because I think that's amazing. And we definitely need to have more voices like yours in the podcast community. So everyone who's listening, give it a couple of months. I'd say give it a month. I'm going to be working with her. We're going to 
we're getting this podcast going. So I want to thank you again for coming on my podcast and talking about this very important in reference to mental health. And you and I will be in contact in the near future. We will. We will. And I want to thank you, too, because it's an honor to be on this platform in particular, because your consistency in your mission is is clear from day from the first day I met you on Clubhouse to now it's across all of your social media platforms. Whenever I see you tweet or you you post on Instagram, all of your positive and inspiring quotes, you are an inspiration and you push other entrepreneurs to be their best selves and show up every day as their best selves. So thank you for inviting me into your arena. And I can't wait for us to do it again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to you tuning in to another episode. Make sure that you've subscribed to this podcast and don't forget to click the like button. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Stay safe and be well.